This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, May 19th, 2018. It has been... I can't even... It's been a big, stupendous week for reasons completely unrelated to our legendary selves. It's kind of strange to contemplate, but it is, in point of fact, true that there are other people out there in the world that occasionally do things by themselves, on their own. It's astounding and amazing, but I assure you, this is correct. How was your week, man? My week was pretty good. I've been mostly at home preparing for my impending work-related travels. Oh, that's right. You're flying all over the world and stuff. Yeah, this is a good time to to let everybody know that that this uh, this is the last Geek Gab I'll be on for a few weeks, I think. So, uh, so do you have any great guests lined up or anything? Um, oh, you're gonna miss next week's show, man. Is next week's show special? Should we just should we just quit and and wait till next week? It's Soylo, a Soy Wars story, comes out next week. Wow, I can't wait to not watch that. <laughs> I'm going, of course, because it's my job. It's what we do here. But yeah, you won't. You won't even be here to. to Let's guess it's a good thing you wouldn't be going and seeing anyway because you won't be here. Maybe I'll have to find a guest. Yeah, and and uh, I'll be glad to stay away from the internet on that week too because I I don't want to see the backlash on this one. Oh, I'm sorry. I I was, I was presuming presuming a lot about about maybe the quality of the film and, and, and the fans' reactions to it. I I am assuming it's going to be an awful, terrible, terrible, awful, awful, terrible show. That's my assumption. I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I don't think I will be. Yes, um, I I even have it uh on uh, I have a good opinion from uh someone I was watching the film with who is a sucker for action films. And when we saw the trailer for Solo, the most recent extended one, with all the quippy dialogue and, and action shots, she said, that looks terrible. <laughs> that she, he's, he's, he's got negative charisma. Yeah. Speaking of the guy playing Solo. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he was not the right guy for the job. It's, it's, oh, it's just awful. It's awfully, awfully awful. I'm predicting it'll be awful. But uh, then again, that that's a pretty safe bet for most Star Wars movies nowadays. I don't want to talk about all that. We may have talked about that before. So Think about how bad this film is. It's reached back in time and ruined our ability to enjoy a film that we just saw that we wanted to sit down and talk about. That's how bad it is. It reached back in time. Um, have you... So I alluded this week to big stuff going on uh, in the net this week. Have you heard about it? I've been sort of away from most of the drama this week. The, the, the big thing that 
the big thing that I was paying attention to was there's a little bit of controversy uh, in the gaming world with Origins Game Fair. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was what I was going to talk about, but that's absolutely true. Oh, man. They they went and they, they stepped in a big pile of dog poop and and it's all over them now. Uh, they they went in and invited and immediately disinvited a a prominent gun nut and and libertarian science fiction author who we've had a, on the show. We've had on the show Larry Korea. Um, every every everybody reads his stuff, loves his stuff. Everybody who's met him at cons knows he's a great guy. He's, it, politics doesn't come into it at all, but a, apparently there's some woman who who has a beef against him, and she stirred up the internet hate mob and. I want to say that the con caved, but judging by the comments by the organizer, the guy speaking for them, whose name I, I don't remember right now, he's a true believer. I think he 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 he's definitely he would have been part of the internet hate mob if he weren't just a guy trying to run the convention. So that's really sad. The jury's out whether I'm still going to attend Origins Game Fair, but I'm going to be in Ohio. I'm going to see my friends. I'm going to play some Vampire. Uh, see some family, and uh, and and so I I can't guarantee that we're going to be at the at the convention anymore. Um, this this has been so bad that Michael Z. Williamson, uh, who's also a Bayon author, published by Bayon, the same way Larry Correa is, has his lawyer formulate a letter to send to the Origin Games Fair, um, claiming defrauding defrauding him. Um, and then, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but that's a stretch, man. I have no idea, but he gave it to a bunch of other people. So, and then John Ringo, who himself was disinvited from Con Carolinas just a few weeks ago, um, posted a big long uh, rant about it. And then David Weber, um, who is a left leaning ban author, author of the Honor Harrington series. Um, also got mad about it. They, there are a very small community of authors in the country. There's, a, if I remember right, Larry said at one point, there's something around 1,200 people who make their living writing books um, in the entire country, right? 1,200 people. So word gets around in that community. That's the size of my high school. That's pretty small. I mean, it's big enough to have clicks big enough to have feuds, big enough to have lots and lots of, um, you know, infighting and stuff, but that's also big enough. So that if you do something that pisses off one author and then pisses off a bunch of people around them, I mean, even Cat Rambo, right? Cat Rambo, who's the head of the science fiction and fantasy writers of America, Cat Rambo, who uh, blocked John Della Rose, who's, who's been all over him, even she was mad at Origins, and she is pretty much an SJW. I oh, yeah. see absolutely nothing that, you know, says she isn't an SJW, but she was mad at Origins. They have made a huge error. Yeah, when when Kat Rambo, who by all accounts is, is a nice lady, but on the other hand, would also like to ban John Della Rose from everything. Um, <clears throat> uh, when she can tell that, that they messed up, they messed up. So... 
Yeah, it's 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 getting ugly, and some people, not Larry, mind you, Larry is just like, yeah, screw it, I'll go to different conventions. I was, I've been too many conventions, too busy anyway. He doesn't care, but other people are upset. And uh, John Ringo was talking about, you know, if he hears any convention like this, just making a list of never going there again. Um, so, but it's funny because almost the same thing. So they announce Larry Korea, they get slammed by internet hate mob and then within 24 hours they disinvite larry korea as a guest of honor um and the very same thing uh happened and this is the other thing i was thinking about this week to diversity in comics jawbreakers comic that he's been funding on indiegogo oh yeah what happened there he announced a publisher who's a mainstream publisher, a smaller publisher, Antarctic Press, uh, who publishes like My Hero Magadania and oh, um, President Thump and, and a bunch of other books. But they're clearly okay with publishing, you know, right wing stuff. Um, you know, by the way, we should get the author of President Thump on the show. Um, I know people who know him, so I can I can try to shake the tree and see uh, if we can get him on the show. That would be a cool show. Um, so they announced, Diversity in Comics announces that Antarctic Press is going to be their publisher for the Jawbreakers comic. Jawbreakers Lost Souls, I think, or something like that. And then within 24 hours, they've gotten an internet hate mob up. Um, according to Diversity in Comics, I happen to believe him, uh, the owner of the company or one of the three or four owners of the company calls him up that night in tears and apologizes for it, but Antarctic Press drops um, Jawbreakers. And since then, since that's happened, they've made $100,000 more on the Indiegogo, and they formed their own company, their own publishing company, Splato Delgado Comics. But more than that, um, Mark Wade, in a, he deleted his Facebook and deleted his Twitter accounts. They're both gone. The rumor was spread by somebody who posted on Reddit, and so we don't have any confirmation of this. All we have is this one Reddit post. The rumor is that he was ordered off the internet by C.B. Sobolski, who's the head of Marvel Comics right now. Um, but more than that, and this is where it gets really interesting, Mark Wade is a comics pro. And by getting together with other people in the comics industry and organizing a boycott of diversity in comics, trying to get them out of stores, he actually violated or may have violated something called the Sherman Act, which is an antitrust law from the 1800s. He broke a 130-year-old antitrust law and people have reported it to the Federal Trade Commission, and Diversity in Comics is reportedly being getting ready to sue him civilly. Mark Wade. This guy um, genius. <laughs> let me let me see if I understand this right. So he is he actually ha works or has worked for Marvel. And so he is he has actually gone after the business of one of his competitors by, yes. by making him lose his publisher. That sounds illegal to me. So it's insane. And I think it, I, I know that I should be feeling like 
in a serious mood where I was a serious commentator commenting on serious issues because it is kind of serious, you know, trying to form a cartel in the comics industry, not for the purposes of meddling with prices, not for the purposes of taking control, but forming a cartel just for the purposes of keeping out a competitor whose politics you don't like, who in fact hasn't done anything more than criticize how crappy your political, your comics have become lately, how politically uh, propagandistic they've become uh, lately, and having an impact on the industry. Despite that, you try to ban him from the industry, claiming he's a harassing harasser and he's a Nazi and uh, he's whatever. That is not only new and insane, it also, I believe, presages um, what we can expect in the future as SJWs get older and older and rise into positions of power. Uh, we see that in Facebook and we see that in Twitter where they are announcing new policies all the time to ban conservatives and to keep conservatives from talking with people who aren't conservative, try to form this ghetto of right-wing thought um, deliberately, trying to deliberately form a ghetto of right-wing thought or just banning people. And now that we've got a friend of a friend ban, which is even if you haven't done anything because you follow or are followed by these bad people, you're now banned even if you haven't done anything wrong at all. So, yes, it's part and parcel of this serious attempt to take over a bunch of industries, to completely exclude anyone whose opinion isn't approved of by the social justice cult. But, and so I should take this seriously, because it's a bad thing. It's a seriously bad thing. But I just find it hilarious that Mark Wade is now trembling in fear off the internet because he's been banned from the internet for being a jackass. That's that's the one thing you're supposed to be able to do on the internet freely. <laughs> I have pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what Twitter was invented for. I mean, you know, all the time people used to say on the on the internet, oh, there ought to be a law about this particular behavior or that particular behavior. Mark Wade has finally found, apparently, the one thing you can do that's against the law on the internet. <laughs> yeah, we, we used to say, I mean, we used to say, and it's still true, that the internet is not real life. Yes. But... But that there's a lot of business on the internet, so so sometimes it is real life. Uh, <laughs> that's that's on, I'm just finding it all amusing. Is you know these jerks who have been you know trying to and and they're marching up and down and pounding their chests and talking about how powerful they are because despite the fact that they are. Tiny little nobodies. Here I'm not referring to Mark Wade specifically, but the other SJW gatekeepers. They are tiny little nobodies who have no job, but who nevertheless um, are able to whip up a hate mob. So they've gained a lot of power in the industry. And yet all they can do right now is just sputter impotently as Diversity in Comics does his thing. And they can't do anything to stop him. The angrier they get, the more they attack him, the more money he makes. That that right there is anti-fragility, I think, was the 
term that came into vogue in the last uh, four or five years, anti-fragility. You want to be anti-fragile so that when people attack you, you become stronger. Um, by keeping his employer a secret, he's managed to do that. And so more power to him, I say, diversity in comics. Yeah, good for him. <clears throat> I hope it works out for him. It sounds like funding won't be a problem. Um, so, by the way, I did buy um, Jawbreakers because I, I try to support people who have been targeted by social justice hate mobs um, when I can and how I can. So I put into the Indiegogo at the $25 level because I don't need the posters. I just wanted the comic to see if it was any good. Um, so, yeah. Well, but, but it also must be said that you didn't just do that for the for the charity of it. You, you're also a comics nerd and you occasionally buy and or read other comics. I do buy comics. I've bought a lot more comics since I started watching diversity in comics. So, you know, he's having a positive impact on the industry because people are buying comics that he likes. Um, I bought into DC's new age of heroes and, and some of them are pretty terrible. Some of them are, you know, kind of average, uh, but one or two of them are really genius. And we talked about that on the show a couple weeks ago, I think about yeah. the new age of heroes. But yeah, um, still love Silencer. I think it's a great comic. I think it's the breakout comic of that pack, and I wish it could get a, a wider audience. So I, I have read the the most breakout comic of the of the year so far. I was gifted a copy of My Hero Magademia. Oh yeah, how is that? Uh, it's hilarious. It's it's a it's just a cheesy little book with uh, <laughs> some. It's got some fun pictures and, and some. It's got some great Easter eggs in it. Uh, lots of internet jokes make their way onto the page. I, I've heard it isn't so much a political work as it is just a, pretty much a straightforward superhero comic with some uh, amusing characterization because of who yeah. they chose to make the hero and stuff. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't really it doesn't really talk politics. It just it it, it it's superheroized Trump and and it's it is completely silly and over the top. Um, is, is sort of what you would imagine. It, it this would be North Korean style propaganda about <laughs> Trump, where you know, Trump's Trump's a superhero, and and I'm going to give this one away. Uh, his superpower is creating walls out of the earth. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, if you like funny books, pick that one up. Now, did you read uh, President Thump? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I haven't either, so I have no the, the the best I can understand it, it's it's a similar it's a similar kind of book only done in the style of a children's book, is that right? Where he's 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 a rabbit who wins the presidency. I have no idea. I actually don't know enough about it to even comment that uh shallowly on it. I am uh okay. So, all right. <clears throat> so there was one other major thing I did this week that we should talk about because it's the title of the show. <laughs> Is it? Uh, I've been I've been doing this thing where I, I've been advertising uh, to friends the show. Hey, here's the link, and and I say who the guest is. You know, last week I said, "Hey, Jim Fear." So this week. I said, "Okay, Deadpool." So I hope everybody thinks that we're going to have Ryan Reynolds on. <clears throat> that would be awesome. No. We uh, should but, have contacted his agent. Hey, you wanna, 
Do you want to come on the the fabulous geek gab? <laughs> For you know what would happen? <clears throat> would the same thing that happens with all of our other really big guests is that they wouldn't be able to get Google Hangouts to work correctly, and so you just have to have them on the phone. Oh, oh yeah, that was terrible. But no, we we saw both of us. We saw Deadpool two. Sure, that happened. Um, I saw it last night. I saw it Thursday. Um, and I have, you know, typically it's it's my tradition to have papers and papers of notes. I honestly didn't take any notes during the movie at all, not even one. Um, I was sitting there, I had my notebook out, which normally is a sign of a really, really good movie, but I... What? But I'm on the edge of my seat. I don't know that I would call Deadpool 2 a really, really good movie. No, of course not. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised at that conclusion. Why are you? <laughs> I mean, I thought the first one was really entertaining all the way through. They kept up a high level of entertainment the entire movie. Um, and the Deadpool 2 was, was a lot more uneven, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. It, it changes tone so fast. It's like, it's like whiplash, tonal whiplash. Um, Especially the way they start it. We can't spoil that. No. But 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 they start they started a really low note and immediately counter that with. Uh, I I think the opening credits are probably the best part of both Deadpool movies, and they they pretty. It's not as good as the first one, but they really uh, had everybody going. Everybody was in tears by the end of the opening credits um yeah the opening credits were great they were funny they were amusing they were bond-esque it's like they took a bond intro and stuck deadpool in in the place of all the hot naked chicks yeah they did i, I think they did several bond movies <clears throat> bond movie intros and chained them together um, um i couldn't name them because i haven't actually seen bond films but yeah but that's what i'm saying it's really uneven it starts on a low note and then boom uh, here's this hilarious uh, opening credits. And, and the thing is, the movie, the entire movie, this is what gives it total whiplash, is you go to see Daredevil because you want Ryan Reynolds to be a smartass to everyone and want him to be saying funny things the entire movie. Yeah. that That's the point. That's what they've gotten away with, why they get away with their absolutely insane marketing is because that's what they're selling. Hey, let's do this insanity. Um, And this movie, they like, Half of it is the insanity, but the other half is really kind of depressing. <clears throat> they're, they're dealing with dark and heavy themes in Deadpool 2. Um, they've got this kid that he wants to save. And this isn't a spoiler, or I wouldn't think of it as a spoiler because it's in the commercials. If you've seen any of the trailers, you know about it. Um, and we have to describe at least something in the movie. Uh, other than the first scene. Normally I say, hey, it's the first scene, it's not a spoiler. But in this movie, the first scene is a huge spoiler. Um, Don't spoil it. No, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, they've got this 14-year-old kid who's a mutant, um, who is apparently in the future going to become mutant Hitler. Okay. Um, or, or maybe like... Uh, Mutant Unabomber, or even maybe, you know... Uh, I wouldn't say Mutant Hitler. I mean, in, in the future, he doesn't just cook Jewish people. 
yeah, he he wanders around killing all kinds of people. So he's more right. of a serial killer. Sure. Um, so Cable comes back in time to stop this kid from becoming his super serial killer self. And he's going to do that by shooting the kid full of holes or maybe blowing him up with a grenade or whatever. Um, it's, it's pretty dark. Cable himself is really grim and ruthless and brutal. And then the kid is... The, his character arc over the movie gets to be really, really dark. Um, but they have fun with it, too. I mean, they they deliberately cast Cable as the straight man. It's, it's Josh Brolin, and he gets. He even says it uh, right, right after they meet up. He says, man, you're dark. <clears throat> and, and what it is is, is, I think you know this better than I do, being a, a, a big comics nerd, but the the whole darkness of it is uh, making fun of that whole era of comics that '90s Rob Liefeld. These are all Rob Liefeld characters, right? Deadpool, Cable. Uh, they even introduced some of the people from X Factor, such as uh, Shatterstar. Um, spoiler: Shatterstar's in the movie. Uh, these characters that are where heroes became guys with guns and fanny packs and, and you, and utility belts everywhere that, that sort of Rob Liefeld style. And, and so they, that was part of the film was that they, they had to introduce all that dark, gritty, angsty stuff so that they could put a lampshade on it and make fun of it. I think that was part of it. Unfortunately, by doing so, they introduced grim, dark elements to the, show and story. Did I just blow your mind? I just blew your mind. I just I think it's totally who Deadpool is is he makes fun of all of the horrible things he's doing. He's making fun of it or they're happening in a ridiculous way. And let's go back to the first movie. Like he's going to kill somebody by running them over with a Zamboni and they're crawling across the eyes. <laughs> also known as the funniest scene in the movie. That was hilarious. Um, and they try to keep the whole movie moving with that simultaneous humor and horrible stuff that Deadpool does. Um, but in this movie, Deadpool, in a lot of scenes for much of the movie, loses his sense of humor. And I think that's kind of what sabotages it is the stuff that Deadpool does best. The stuff that Ryan Reynolds does best is, you know, that wry sarcastic humor. Um, it was pretty much the only good part of Blade Trinity. Oh uh, yeah. Oh God. That movie exists. <clears throat> I thought we had memory hold Blade Trinity. <laughs> Talk about talk about tone. That's the that's it. It played Trinity is was the preview of. See, I, I liked I like Deadpool too, but it's a preview of the bad parts of Deadpool too. When it when it went dark, because Ryan Reynolds did not belong in a Blade movie. He he and even the the characters Wesley Snipes and Ryan Reynolds meet up and they hate each other and and Blade is like you don't belong in this movie, 
and and Ryan Reynolds makes another stupid wisecrack, and you're like, yeah, you're right. Blade should just kill this guy, and we can have the rest of the Blade movie. <laughs> he just, it is. I mean, you can have a movie that's grim and dark with a few humorous um, moments that alleviate the tension before you start building it up again. That's great. That's fine. I mean, uh, who is it? Um, the Dark Knight Rises did that when they had humorous moments when these people were confronting Bane and he says something that just makes them absolutely freak out. You know, when he says, oh, you think this gives you power over me? It's funny. When you see that guy's face drain and realize he is absolutely at the mercy of Bane, who he thought he was in control of. Um, so you can take that tension, that rising tension, and break it up with humor. But that's not what Deadpool is supposed to be. Um, and they got away from that, and it makes this movie inferior to what it could have been. Sure. Um, but and, and Go ahead. I, I was thinking about it. Um, Actually, I'm, I'm going to change the subject for just a, a sec. So, if you have another thought on that, let's let's let you get that in before we move. Well, I I, I wanted to move on to the actual funny parts of the movie because, it, though the movie was uneven, the parts that were funny were really funny. I I didn't laugh once during the movie until the end credit scenes. I you know what? I'll freely admit the end credits were the funniest parts. They, they were a lot funnier than the rest of the film. Uh, did you notice the soundtrack that played during the great climactic battle at the end? <laughs> did you notice the words? They're, they're playing 80s pop songs. Um, and I didn't write them down, so I can't. I don't remember which songs they were. Oh, that's not the that's not the fight song I was talking about. I was oh. talking about the. Do you recall the uh, orchestral music with the choir? You did. Oh, yes. Did you notice the words they were singing? It's a, yes, I did. It's hilarious. Yeah, they've got this big dramatic orchestral score and a choir singing above it. And normally, you'd be expecting them. You know, if they were singing, you'd be expecting them to sing. You know in a way that wouldn't intrude on the action, but instead they're talking about how badass Deadpool is and how he's going to mess people up and stuff. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like that. Oh, it's, it, it's just the opposite. It's uh, it, it's the, the choir's reacting to the villain. <laughs> and, and so the choir just repeats, Oh, I can't, I can't spoil it. You have to see it. Are we in spoiler space now? No, not yet. All right. All right. We'll go to, we'll go to spoiler space in a little bit. Um, really funny. <clears throat> Really funny. Um, you may now change subjects. There is a bunch of stuff in the movie that's supposed to have a humorous impact, that the humor only comes from the shock value. Um, and that can work, right? If you take it back to Pulp Fiction, where he shoots Marvin in the face. Oh, my God, right. <laughs> it's the most horrible thing you've ever seen, but it's hilarious. Yeah, they, he plays that entire scene for laughs. Um, and Deadpool tries something uh, in several different places, like shocking stuff played for laughs. Um, and... 
I, uh, I it did not work as well for me as as it did in Pulp Fiction. I I can see what you're saying. Um, and we're, we're being very generic, but you remember that one scene where all those things happened right one after another, and you didn't expect all of them, and it just got more and more over the top the more those happened? It it didn't work for me. Oh, well, I guess we're probably gonna have to go to spoilers soon. Did 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 you like that scene? Did you think it was funny? I. It didn't blow me away. Okay. Um. So before we hit spoilers, let me say this. Deadpool 2 has a lot of great moments in it. Um, it has a lot of humor that went too far for me and I didn't find funny. Um, it was too vulgar or too gross or whatever. Um, and it's very tonally uneven. It tries to switch between absolutely... And, and don't get me wrong, the parts that are serious and dramatic by and large, they did a really good job with. Um, Ryan Reynolds is really a talented actor, and he does a good job with the serious parts, but they feel out of place in a Deadpool movie. Um, it, it, it's almost like they took Logan and chopped it up and stuck serious parts of Logan in between uh, the original Deadpool movie. So you're watching Deadpool, then suddenly you're watching Logan, then you're watching Deadpool, and then you're watching Logan, and it just doesn't work um, for me. Would you say that's accurate? I mean, <clears throat> more or less. I, 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 enjoyed the, I enjoyed the fun parts more than you did, but um, I will say about that scene, that didn't do anything for you. It didn't... I was rolling my eyes the whole time up until the very last part of that scene. <laughs> uh, and and that, that was sufficiently amusing to make me forget about everything else. Um, so if, if you go to Deadpool 2, and we'll get into spoilers in just a second. If you go to Deadpool 2, just be aware that, at least from my point of view, it felt very disjointed. And it was hard to get back into the having fun, amusing stuff after you'd been, you know, dragged down into real, all this real deep and kind of raw in a lot of places emotion. Um, and Ronald Reynolds, when he sells the emotion, he really sells it. He does a, a great job, but um, it doesn't mesh well with uh, it doesn't mesh well with the humor and it kind of undermines the humor. In a lot of ways. And and humor is the entire point of Deadpool. That's the point of the character. And so when you undermine the humor, you undermine your entire expectations for the movie. You go into Deadpool thinking it's funny. And the, the drama, even though it's well done drama, undermines the humor and makes it a lot less funny than it otherwise could have been. That's my verdict. It's a mixed uh, recommendation. Hmm. I think I I feel the same way as you, but less so. I think it's 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 enjoyable for what it is, uh, because the 
I think the humor is sufficient to keep you going. You, you're, you'll be bored at points of the movie, but it, it comes back and, and gets you. All right. So we, uh, do you want to just wave the big red flag as spoilers, folks? I mean, literally, if you don't want part large parts of the movie spoiled, although we will try to keep spoilers to a minimum. We're not going to do it gratuitously. Uh, if you want to... Um, if you don't want large parts of the movie to be spoiled, go ahead and tune out now. Go see the movie and come back when you've seen it, and uh, it won't ma matter what we say. Um, so, things that worked really well. Um, I thought the scene where Cable was interrogating his partner, T.J. Miller, I thought that was, I, I liked that scene. I thought that was a funny scene. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, that oh, I should have mentioned that during the review. Now that you mentioned that scene, they actually had way too much of that guy because yeah, he, he was he was a breakout character with that whole ad libbed um, avocado face scene in the first film, and they needed to use him sparingly. They did not. Same thing with the cab driver. Um, I keep wanting to say Mohinder, but that's that's that TV show heroes. Dopinder. Dopinder. Okay, they they use such a similar name. Dope Ender, um, really great gag in the first film. He should not have been in this one. Um, every every minute he was on the screen was wasted screen time. Terrible, terrible character. Um, and yeah, way too much of T.J. Miller. But that interrogation was pretty good. Uh, Where you know Cable's he's badass. He's got a cybernetic arm, and he's like, I you know I'll just tell you everything you want. I really don't do well with pain, etc. <laughs> I, um. And compare contrast that with a uh, teenage Negasonic warhead. I missed something in there, didn't I? I um, I don't know or care. Another um, character we saw too much of. See, I I thought that in the first movie she was used sparingly but well to where all of the scenes she was in were um, made sense. They advanced the movie and they were funny. Yeah, um, very effective use of her. And in this movie. Whether they used her more or less, I don't know. But I do know that that every time she appeared, they didn't really use the character very effectively. Um, they just did not do as good a job as as putting her on screen as they did in the first movie. And I thought that was a shame because I liked her in the first movie. I, I, not a, if she had been the whole movie, that would have been oh, but. She was good spice. She played off um, Ryan Reynolds well, and I would have liked to have seen something more like that come back. Um, what do you think of the cameos? Which ones? Well, Brad Pitt is in there for a split second. I missed Brad Pitt, and was he with Alan Tudyk at the beginning? No, he plays the Vanisher. <laughs> Yeah, we saw his face for, for such a brief second. I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him either. I was sitting through the credits. Uh, and and, and uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob Leefield was in the credits too. Did he get a cameo that I didn't see? I actually don't know what the guy looks like. I have no idea. He might have gotten a cameo. I Because I, um, he, he, he created or drew all of the, these characters. Yes. Um they had the cast of X-Men. Um, <laughs> that was great. 
X-Men uh first class. First class in there or or well specifically they also had Quicksilver so it had to have been like X-Men uh, Apocalypse or whatever. But those guys show up literally if you blink you miss it. Um but that was hilarious. That was one of the best gags uh, of the film, yeah. Um they're they're use I can't say that. It's too big a spoiler. Um, <laughs> I thought the introduction was bizarre, but kind of effective. Okay. When uh, Deadpool is lying down on the barrels. <laughs> yes. That was a good. That was a good intro, um, and and explicitly references Logan. I thought that was interesting that you you mentioned that because. Because they think they were influenced by Logan a lot. Um, oh, and the, the the song that you missed at the end. Uh, the uh, the big climactic battle against the Juggernaut. We're in spoiler territory. Remember, folks. That's a big. This is a big spoiler. The big spoiler. They have to fight the Juggernaut, which, of course, as you know, you cannot do. Um, but I was in tears. Do you know what they were singing? The orchestral choir. They played it again at the end of the credits. It's something along the lines of, oh, holy shit, it's the juggernaut. You can't stop him. And they just started repeating over and over again, oh, holy shit balls. Oh, holy shit balls. <laughs> During the fight. Um, really funny. I thought Josh Brolin did a really good job. Yeah, he's a good actor. I mean, he just isn't... And, and well, well, well cast, right? Like yeah. we need a we need a, a big square jawed, you know, manly man who shoots big manly guns sort of actor. Yeah, get Josh Brolin. Um, and and they Josh Brolin is the kind of actor that you can give him material and he will just deliver on his performance. I've never seen him do anything else other than a great performance uh, at what he's been given. Um. He, he does some thankless stuff, right? Wasn't he in that Men in Black sequel? Yeah, the Men in Black 3. He was in there. He did a great job in there. Um, he was in No Country for Old Men. I'm not looking up at IMDb. I'm just depending on my memory at this point. But he was in No Country for Old Men. He was obviously in The Goonies, but that was, you know, <laughs> so long ago. Nobody really cares. Um, but he did a good job in The Goonies, uh, just in case you're wondering. Um, but he has gotten better. Um and then he was obviously Thanos, which they reference at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, for me, the humor tipped over a little bit too much into a sort of American pious raunchy humor, which I don't like. I don't really enjoy. Um, yeah, yeah, and they got they got some. It was a little too much, but that's that's part of Deadpool's shtick, I guess. Um. Kess in the in the chat says that Josh Brolin was in Jonah Hex too, which I haven't seen. But now that I know that Josh Brolin is in it, um, I think maybe I should go see it just to see what what kind of job he did. Because um, if Josh Brolin was in it, he he probably delivered a solid performance. Which even if the rest of the movie was awful, um, he might have been enough to carry part of it um, really well. Carry at least his part of it really well. Um, what do you think of Domino? Domino. Um, well, 
they even before they had pointed out that it's really lazy writing that was what i was rolling my eyes at <laughs> uh but what they knew what they were doing they're like okay your special power is luck we that gives us full license to be completely ridiculous um which is actually it ended up being great because they didn't overuse it it was just that one long extended uh action scene and it it uh it was it was kind of eye rolling until the very end when when she uh, she lands safely uh, in the uh, of course there's a giant airbag waiting to catch her fall <laughs> at the end um, and that look she gets on her face that that satisfied yep everything came through all right in the end sort of look on her face that well, that was genuinely funny I like that um. They said she stole the movie. Like Ryan Reynolds says she stole the movie. I didn't think so. I thought I thought that they used her maybe a little bit too much, but not too too much. Um and uh I I had a conceptual problem with her character. And this is something they did good that we ought to mention. Um Deadpool is literally invulnerable. Uh, and we're in spoiler territory again. So the very uh initial part of the movie he gets blown up into like five or six pieces like his head his arms and his legs all come apart but he lives through it because he's deadpool and that's what he does um sure and so you already have a problem with a super invincible character and the way they solved that um in the movie is they have those colors that take away mutant powers Worst plot device ever, but go on. <laughs> and it uh, it takes away Deadpool's regeneration powers, so he starts dying of cancer again. Good. Um, but the problem with Domino, as she's depicted in the movie, is she's another character that nothing matters. No matter what she does... Um, she, everything turns out all right for her. You know, she doesn't even take a scratch in the movie. Um, and with Deadpool, you buy, you get the audience to buy in because he has other goals that even if he gets blown up, he's still, you know, fighting to get those goals. So you can, you're invested in the character because you care about the goals. But with Domino, she doesn't really have any goals in the movie. She's just here because she happened to stumble upon the interview process and this thinks this is where she needs to be. This is where luck wants her to go. And then she just walks through the entire movie and is pretty much completely invulnerable. And that leeches a lot of tension away from the scenes, even though they managed to maintain the tension when Deadpool's also pretty much invulnerable most of the movie. I didn't look at, the, at, at it that way. Um, I thought Juggernaut was awesome. Um, I mean, just as a character, his presence on the screen and what he does, again, they use him sparingly, but what they do use him for is pretty effective. Um, and then they're using... <laughs> you had Deadpool fight Colossus in the first movie and just get completely messed up. Like he breaks all his hands and, and legs and stuff trying to fight Colossus. And then you've got Colossus in this movie fighting Juggernaut. And that is just a great scene. I thought that fight was really well done. 
And considering it was completely animated, sure. Yeah, and and they make Juggernaut seem so much insanely imposing because he is taking on Colossus, who is this insanely strong and tough uh, character, and Juggernaut is just breaking his bones and beating the crap out of him, and, and at one point almost kills him. Come within a split second of killing him, and you you see that. Um, oh man, he's gonna get. Oh no, he didn't. And so I thought that was an effectively uh, staged fight where you could, you know, like Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Both of them are completely CGI, but you buy into the characters because of the way they present them. Um, I didn't buy into these two characters emotionally necessarily, but I did buy uh, enough to really get into that fight. Well, it's 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 the psychology of the fight. If if you establish the abilities of the characters ahead of time, and then you set the stage and 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 you build up to that sort of fight, they did just enough build up with the Juggernaut that it was believable. I don't know if you had if you hadn't seen Deadpool one, whether that would have been satisfying. That would be an interesting test. Yeah, uh, because because it's really important for you to understand just how strong colossus is then again you can see he's made of steel so you have a pretty good idea uh, but it was it was just enough that that you knew that it was going to be a really good fight and you didn't know who was going to win uh, that that's a really good setup so that that sort of prepared your mind the um the professional wrestlers uh call that fight psychology uh they they try to build up the action they use uh, fights from last week's show and the week before just to build up the tension and the expectations so that when the two when the when the face and the heel finally have a their showdown on the big pay-per-view uh, you sort of know what's going to happen and you also don't know what's going to happen and, and you have a really interesting fight you know what their strengths and weaknesses are and um, that's really necessary to build up a satisfying fight scene uh, it's really it's really common and very good uh, Kung Fu movies as well. Uh, also, Warrior or The Warrior with Tom Hardy. I thought they did that well. Um, okay, then uh, to pick out some other things, that, uh, scenes I thought they did really well, uh, the scene where they meet the 14-year-old mutant for the first time, I thought that was a good scene. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, De Deadpool's reaction was a little uh, Deadpoolish, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could have just could have just handed them all to the police. That would have worked too. Um, but, but but that's not what what Deadpool does. So, what would you say is the worst part of this movie? Hmm. Let me think out loud. I mean, there 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 were troughs, but they were, I think. They were pretty shallow troughs. None of them. None of them was really stand out horrible. Um, I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that collectively, the all the wasted time with Dopinder and uh, what's his name, the I mentioned before the the bartender at the at the bar. Yeah. All, all of those. They were just. They weren't just uh, not funny. They were just a waste of our time. It, um, it could have cut almost all of it from the film, and and it would have been better for it. 
Yeah, I agree. Those those characters are kind of dead weight a lot of the times. And I kept on waiting for them to do something interesting with Dopinder, and they didn't. Whereas in the first movie, they did something really great with <laughs> That was funny. Um, uh, and, and I think in the list of missed opportunities was uh, they introduced a few characters that had almost no screen time. One of them was a superhero played by Terry Crews. Yeah. Who is an amazing talent in physical comedy. Just the the things that he does with his face and his body are hilarious. Uh, and they did they should have given uh, him all of Dopinder's screen time. And okay, so we're in spoilers now. So this is a big spoiler. Um, I was really disappointed that some of the scenes that were in, I, I don't know if they specifically shot scenes just to be fake outs in the trailer to lead you to expect more than what would actually happen. I thought that it was criminal that that character at least didn't get more screen time. So I, I, I was looking forward to him. I thought that he had potential to be an interesting, cool character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's the last five minutes. This is the biggest spoiler for the entire movie. If you haven't seen it, do not listen to what I'm about to talk about because I, I want to get uh, John's opinion on this, but you just just don't listen until you go see the movie. Um, I what did you think of the final uh, final scenes during the credits? I think that it's okay because it's Deadpool. They 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 broke they broke a lot of rules in storytelling, but it's okay a because of Deadpool and b because they introduced the device that let them do that in the film, and so you were gonna have hordes of nerds after the movie saying, "Well, if Cable can can go back in time, why can't everybody else and fix everything?" And so yeah, spoilers, they. Uh, Deadpool uses Cable's device to literally undo every important thing that happened in the film, re rendering everything that happened completely meaningless. But it was funny, and it was completely in character of Deadpool. And if one film is allowed to break those rules for comedic effect, I'm going to give Deadpool a pass. Yeah, because it was funny. It was hilarious. And that's the, the big defense for most comedies. If it's, it's hilarious, then you kind of have to let it slide. Um, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess I'm just, I'm really hoping that, even though we didn't see it in the end, I'm really hoping that Terry Crews' character gets a chance to come back. Yeah, they, they sort of gave you the impression that uh, that Deadpool went back in time and only saved one of the members of X-Force. Yeah. The rest of them die. <laughs> um, I, I personally, I like that version. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Um, he had interesting powers, and I think they could have been used interestingly, and I think that the other characters didn't really interest me all that much. The Vanisher, you know, I didn't care about. Um, Zeitgeist, who spits, vomits acid, I didn't care about. Uh, Shatterstar, I honestly, I don't know what his mutant powers are. I have no idea, and I don't really care. I mean, he, thought, he uses two stupid-looking swords, and he wears a boxing helmet. Like, yeah. that's, that's his... 
And and of course he's a Leafield character. He, this is a Leafield original character. So not only does he wear a, like a boxing practice helmet, uh, he's got pouches everywhere on his on his uniform. That's all I know about Shatterstar, because because it was the '90s and every the the coolest you could be was a guy with long hair and swords. Um, hey, it worked for Dritzt, right? Um, don't get me started on that. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's odd that that's like my. I think my biggest feeling of a missed opportunity is that they didn't use his character more effectively. So yeah, that's too bad. Just so that yeah. you know, they've announced the X Force film. Uh, only, only uh, Josh Brolin, uh, Cable, Domino, and Deadpool are on the cast list so far, though. Oh yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. They just announced it. Uh, and and unfortunately, Rob Leefield is also on the writing credits for that one, which is probably going to be better because uh, I think Ryan Reynolds is a co-writer of Deadpool 2, so he's partially responsible. I like to think that, that Ryan Reynolds is, his part in the writing is he's only responsible for the Ryan Reynolds jokes, of which there's three or four in the film and in the, in the ending credits, Deadpool literally murdered <sighs> Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that was hilarious. So funny. Um, the director of the first movie split early on in the project from the project because him and Ryan Reynolds had uh, creative differences. Um, and I'm wondering if that was... I'm wondering what those creative differences are. I'm wondering what... I mean, we'll never know. because It doesn't matter. Right, it, it doesn't matter, unfortunately, because uh, we're lucky Ryan Reynolds came out with a good product. Because Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool; he was born to play Deadpool. Uh, I, I've seen other things that he's in. I don't think he's a particularly good actor, but he is a perfect Deadpool. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we're stuck with him. Um, all right, it's time to go. Any last thoughts before we take off? Yeah, Deadpool Two was uneven and fun. Thanks for chatting with me about it, and uh, thanks to everybody hanging out in the chat. It's always good to talk movies and stuff with everybody. So have a great week. Have a great have a great month, everybody. Because <laughs> you're gone. How far, How long are you gone for? Uh, I'm going to be gone for work. I'm going to be traveling for three weeks, and then the week after that is the week of Origins Game Fair, which, like I said, I may not be attending, but I'll still be out of town. So uh, I'll be gone for at least four weeks. Wow, I better get some. I better get some good guests lined up or something. I, I think you can you can handle a whole show by yourself, but it'll be better with guests. I don't. Well, see, it, it's not so much that I could handle a whole show by myself. I just feel the sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach at thinking about having to talk for solo for an entire hour. I mean, we've what, let you do it before. <laughs> the, the what I imagine that show being is me just you know, pounding my head against the mic and uh, weeping softly to myself for an hour about what Star Wars has become. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, don't do, don't do solo solo. You want to have a friend for that one. <laughs> it just, it, it, uh, I'm not looking forward to that at all. <laughs> Who told Amelia Clark she was a great actress? What? Who told people that Amelia Clark was a great actress? I can't help you with that. I can't. I, we need to. We need to end the show on a positive note. DW, she, what you got? She's just not. Oh man. 
I mean, she was terrible in Terminator Genesis. I think she'll be terrible in this movie. And honestly, I don't think she was all that good in, in what got her her big break, which was Game of Thrones on HBO. Um, well, this is why I have no idea who you're talking about. Is, is she the squeaky brunette in Solo? Yes. The one who says, oh, I know who you really are and stuff. Oh, yeah, I've never seen anything she's in. Why would I? It, it, so you haven't seen Terminator Genesis? No, come on. Come on. I watched it. I had to watch it. I talked about it on the show, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then she's in Game of Thrones, so she's big. She's just not a good actress. Um, well, we, should, we should have her on the show then to talk to her about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, something positive. Uh, let's see. Something positive. Um, it's been a bad week for positive. They announced wow. the new Thundercats. That looks awful. Is awful. Will be awful. Yeah, that that'll that gave me an it just watching a, a partial a partial part of a second clip gave me an aneurysm. Um because it used to be it used to be that Thundercats, if if you watch the old cartoon, it has not aged well. It's it's really a dumb show, but the art was nice. It was really nice animation. And now it's both. It's it's both poorly drawn and a stupid show. So um that's it. It's over. Oh come on, there's gotta be something positive out there. Something positive out there. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't in pop culture these days. I'm not sure there's much left that's positive. Uh, oh, I know what I know. What's bringing me down is I I watched hours upon hours of YouTube Red last week to do a review of it. So that was a ton of YouTube Red, and then this week I watched three Netflix movies that were all uniformly terrible. Uh, I'm not even going to do reviews on them because they weren't even terrible in interesting ways. They were all boringly terrible. So. That that that's brought me down. That's that's been a big burden of my, you know, normally sunny and uh, bubbly personality um, has been brought down the past week, courtesy of YouTube Red and uh, some bad stuff on Netflix. Oh, I've got some good news. Okay, uh, my uh, the cards came in from Drive Through Cards for the new Vampire set. Yes. Great cards, good quality. I'm looking forward to to using them, so I can now officially recommend them to anybody who wants to uh, get back into the game. All right. Well, there you go, folks. If you play Vampire the Eternal Struggle, some good news for you. Okay, we're going to take off for today. Um, this has been Geek Gab, Saturday, May 19th, 2018. This is episode 141. Um, you can catch Geek Gab on youtube.com slash geekgab or get us on uh, the Google Play Store, get us on the iTunes Store or at soundcloud.com. Just do a search for Geek Gab. Uh, you can subscribe to our uh, podcast in any of those places and uh, get us right downloaded right to your um, mobile device of uh, whatever brand you favor. We are signing out for today. But don't you worry, don't you fret, we will be back.